You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 24 of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. In this episode, we speak to Craig Boone, and he shares many things with us, including a great tip for new runners. Craig says, trust in the process and ultimately believe in yourself. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am lucky enough to have another local and another friend of mine, Craig Boone. Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Michelle, and welcome, everyone. Um, Craig, tell me a little bit about yourself. Just pretend I don't know that much about you. And in fact, we just had a little chat before and I've already found out some things I didn't know. So how about um, you let uh, the listeners know a little bit about you? So what's you know your background? Yeah, right. So I'm a Launceston local. I uh, mm-hmm. lived here all my life. Um, I'm 53. I'm yeah. currently the sports coordinator at St. Patrick's College. Yeah. And um, I got into sort of like that sports admin role a little bit later in life. I was actually an accountant for quite a number of years, did wow. accountant at university and which some people don't know that they've met me in more recent years and sort of kind of can't picture me as an accountant for whatever reason sometimes because <laughs> I'm not used to seeing me in a suit and tie perhaps. But yeah, I did that um, out of uni, um, worked in accounting for quite a number of years and then ended up in a bit of a marketing role for, for two or three years. So I sort of gradually moved away from um, accounting and, and then decided I wanted to change direction. So I then studied um, Cert 3 and 4 in personal training and got in the fitness industry for a while while still maintaining some office and admin work just to keep some more money coming in then because of the personal training side wasn't full-time. Yeah. Then I managed to go full-time with that for a while, did that for a couple of years and really enjoyed that. But the hours were pretty tough because it was a split day. It was like a six o'clock start in the morning go through to a late morning, have a bit of a break, come back in the afternoon, go through into the early evening. And after a couple of years of that, I was finding I was sort of constantly tired sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, I saw a position advertised for the St. Patrick's um, sports coordinator position and was lucky enough to get that. And I've been here for eight and a half years. Wow. So uh, just going back to the accountancy, were you running when you were an accountant? Yeah, so I did. So I went to TAFE out of high school and did accountancy there for like two years. So I was always running. And then when I first started full time work, um, it was a bit of a juggle with running and work as well and uni study. So yeah, I had to had to sort of sometimes work things in around, you know, work and and study and study um, in those days was a couple of nights of work and it'd be something like 5.30 to 9.30 at night. Okay. And depending on what tutor you had, sometimes the tutor wouldn't let you out till you know, the tutor tutorial was finished yeah. at 9.30. So it was a big, it was a big night. I might've been nine, actually might've been, might been five to nine, maybe that's right. I think we might've yeah. knocked off a bit early. Um, so I occasionally had to do sort of morning training sessions and that to fit things in and, and train on the other days and that sort of thing. But yeah, so it was a bit of a juggle there for a while, but um, so they're running. Squishing it around, squishing yeah, it around your life. So, what yeah. about your um, what about your family life? 
Yeah, so I'm like? married to Tina, and yeah. we've been we're coming up to being married for 23 years in November. Oh, awesome. um, and we, yeah, as I said, live in Launceston, so we're in Newstead, and we've got um, two golden retrievers called Benson and Boston. I did know um, that. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they're sort of uh, social media stars. They are. <laughs> People like seeing them on Facebook, and um, they've got their own Instagram page and that as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're, so they're good fun. Yeah, so we... Um, yeah, they, they're very uh, much a big part of the day, like seeing them first thing in the morning. First thing when I go home from work, it's a bit of a, a mood lifter. Um, yeah, they're, they're great fun. They always put a smile on my face. So it can do be a bit you, of work at times having two, but... Do you yeah, like, do you take them running at all? Or I don't know, because they're a bigger, not, slightly bigger dog. I wonder what they Yeah, like. no, we haven't really taken them running. It's sort of, um, when we've walked them, they kind of, they tend to like want to bark at other dogs and they and they pull a bit yeah. and because they're fairly solid like they're, they're well last time they weigh they're 30 something kilos have probably possibly gone up since then i'll find out in a couple of weeks when they go in for like their check annual up. vet checkup yeah but they're quite strong and so they can sort of they can sort of pull i don't think i'd like to try and run with them so yeah we we keep them sort of their runnings around the backyard sort of thing chasing yeah. the tennis ball or we'll take them up to the um, tennis course up at school here occasionally and let them have a run around so but yeah, no, I tend to to not run with them. Not so much. I know we used to have a whippet and I used to run with him sometimes and he was tied onto my waist. And then he would see like a rabbit and it might sort of <laughs> pull your hip out to the side as it yeah. tried to take off. But of course, much lighter dog than a than a golden retriever, like a much easier. So he didn't like sort of pull me over. I can only imagine what a golden retriever yeah, might do yeah, if it saw a ball and wanted to chase or something. <laughs> we actually had some tradies in one day and I, I take, took them out for a bit of exercise because they'd been cooped up while this tradie was doing some work and yeah. took them out on the front lawn. They'd been raining a bit like today and they managed to pull me over the two of them because they wanted to go in different directions <laughs> and they both pulled quite hard and I ended up slipping, slipping over and I thought, yeah, that's not a good idea. I might get them back inside fairly quickly. Oh, ouch. So let's get back onto um, the running. So tell me in your childhood, like at school, did you run then? Was it like, have you always been a, a runner? Like as far as you can remember? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So my, my running journey will probably be a bit different to a few people's uh, yeah. because my, um, my family was into running. Uh, Mum and dad met through running and oh, dad wow. was involved in running for a lot of years with Newstead Harrier Club and yeah. used to do the commentary um, when they used to run out at White City and that sort of thing. So dad was dad was heavily involved in running and, and I sort of started going along when I was only little um, and, and having a few runs and and then um, a few years later I sort of started into the laths and I haven't really had a break since other than occasional one where I've had a bit of an injury or something. Um, running loyalty. Pretty much kept running the whole time. And I sort of, I sort of retired from running um, at the Christmas carnivals. And I think I might've had a short break then, but then I was probably still doing some road running at that stage. So yeah, pretty, it's been pretty much a, a constant for, you know, getting up towards close to 50 years now. The wow. forties, anyway. So yeah. when you were, has it changed? Like when you were younger, was it shorter distances? And now it's when you're, as you're older, is it longer distances or is it just a bit of a mix? Because you were talking about track there and some people listening to this, if they don't know that much about running, they may not understand, you know, what does that mean? What is the, yeah. or the carnival oh, it's funny, season? It's funny, I sort of gravitated to um, sort of middle distance and distance fairly quickly. Actually, um, mm-hmm. I know Newstead used to do, I think it might've been a one hour run. I know some sort of distance run they used to do yeah. and you just do laps around around White City and 
see how long you can go. And I remember doing that when I was very young and one of the officials pulled me off one day because they thought I was too young to be doing as many laps as I was doing because I was just going round and round. So I found I had quite good stamina. Um, and I remember my grandfather commenting one time, he said, like that I wasn't super quick over a short distance, but I looked like I could run all day. And I remember him yeah. saying that to mum one time. And and yeah, one of the first things experiences I had with Little Ass was, I think it was a bit like a come and try day and they had a run round inside the city park and, and I did okay in that and and um, really enjoyed that. And then once I started running at the track, I, I did sprints and things, but I soon found that that wasn't my go, the same as I yeah. found that javelin and shot put weren't my go. Yeah. So I pretty much gravitated towards sort of 800 and 1500 fairly early in the piece and mm -hmm. it's never really changed too much I still you know I do longer runs on the road and that sort of thing but I think um, I'm more suited to not too fast I think even on the road yeah um, I'm probably I'm probably better suited to say 5k than 10k yeah um, yeah and so, so cross country was like a good one for me um, and yeah somewhere around the 800 1500 mark sort of sort of settled into that area and so, you, well, I guess that's, again, that's two different, you've mentioned road and cross country, which is kind of like trail running, I suppose. Where do you fall in those areas? Which, what do you prefer? Yeah, uh, very much road these days. If trail had come along when I was a bit younger, I probably would have been a bit more daring and, and had a go at it. But um, yeah, I loved, you know, what you'd call a true cross country course back in the day when it was jumping over puddles and climbing over fences that where they I had said that to someone the other day like on King Island where I grew up cross country did mean we climbed over fences it wasn't yeah. just you know, yeah. <laughs> running yeah. around yeah. a paddock literally yeah and used to Tarra club used to have a clubhouse out at Relvia um like near where Chromia State is now yeah. and, and the, I'm not sure how much area they owned and, and I think some of the people nearby must have just been friendly or whatever and let you climb their fences now because I presume we're probably going on other people's properties as yeah. well a couple of the runs that we did at least but yeah you'd have something like a blanket or something wrapped over like a bit of barbed wire barbed fence where you could put your hand on it and climb over and yeah it's great yeah so I really enjoyed that side of things and then gradually drifted away like the winter season sort of gradually drifted from cross country to more road which I don't mind but I, yeah I, I sort of love the pure cross country but yeah, I don't know how it'd go trail now um probably I don't know if I'm brave enough to do sort of yeah, I'd be running through the bush too much I'm a bit worried about injuries and that sort of thing and I'm probably over the years too I've become a bit more um time conscious too like I tend to yeah. like to run on the road and go on running you know x amount per kilometer whereas yeah. through the trial you don't have that measure and I, no. I, I think I might get frustrated if I said oh you've done you've done 10k of trail I've done this time and it was nowhere near compared to what you would do that's on the flat that's <laughs> Maybe interesting because <laughs> yeah that goes to what you know what's going on in your mind doesn't it like what you know yeah. what your drivers are what your goals are and and what keeps you moving forward so you know you're, you're quite interested in I can remember when we first started running or when I first started running um the clock my watch really didn't it didn't tell me the distance it didn't have a gps on it or anything no I, I just had to drive wherever we ran later if I really wanted to know where it was I had to put the yeah 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 and it. You had to trust in, yeah, if it was a group that was running it, they'd measured the course. Probably I remember doing one um, 5K one time and I thought, gee, that time's all right. And I thought, nah, it sounds too quick. And then they measured it later and it was, it was well short, I think. So, yeah, but you relied on that in those days. And like, if you were doing, say, a 5K and it was out and back, you'd, you know, I wouldn't look at my watch until the halfway mark and go, okay, I've turned in whatever time because you didn't have like K splits and things. And, and you can get too caught up in times and things as well, but I like that as a challenge. The numbers. 
seeing where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. So ideal course for me would be nice and flat and paved and nice and quick. So <laughs> I like something like the Lonnie 10 where it's a nice flat, fast course to, you know, sort of test myself and then do it again the next year and see whether you can, you know, beat your previous yeah. time and that sort of yeah. thing. But I, I get I get the appeal of trail as well, but, yeah, just not for me. I think um, I can see the accountant coming out in you. It's all numbers and being able to look at it and get it accurate. Yeah, I'm definitely a numbers man, yeah, yeah. like like you know, synergy with numbers and with dates and times and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so why did you keep going? Like a lot of people are good um, runners at school. And then they get to, you know, their twenties uh, and then their early thirties, oh, sorry, the early, they get to their twenties. So their late teens and their early twenties and they stop running and because life, other things take precedence, especially for young people. And it's not that many of them that keep going. So I just wonder why you kept going. It doesn't sound like you had a break at all. No, you're right. Yeah. Like there'd be very few that did yeah, outside of little athletics, once I finished that, there'd be very few that continued on into seniors and things. I had a fairly easy transition because, like I said, Dad was involved with Newstead and my brother Greg was still running with Newstead at the time. So when I came across, um, like with little the longest you could run was a 1500, whereas they had like 3Ks and 5Ks, et cetera, with, with the um, amateurs, as it was known in those days. Yes. Um, and so... I, I probably transitioned across because my brother was running there and dad would have been going to meets and that as well. Um, and then, yeah, I, as I said, I got to work, stuck with it and running was always a bit of a focus. And I think maybe because um, I had a little bit of success um, sort of towards the end of high school yeah. and just after that, and that probably saw me through to my early 20s to try and want to keep driving and running PBs and try and make state teams or something like that. But And then um, the next phase was probably just meeting a good bunch of friends really um yeah. and yeah transitioned again when it went from um amateurs because you weren't allowed to run professional like the christmas carnivals in those days and i was caught up in that um transition across and then um ended up bevan hutton was my coach um i think i'd left my previous coach bevan hutton said come along and train with us and i had some good friends there mark jackson was training with him who was yeah. a great mate of mine already at that stage and then yeah, got to be, got to be friends with um, all of Bevan's running stable, the Bailey brothers and John Fisher and everyone that was running there, and Mike Wally, yeah. um, and others. So hopefully, I don't miss too many of them out. But yeah, and then I, yeah, that was probably one of the most enjoyable times of training in my life. Um, once I had a, a stable of, of friends to run with that were all with similar abilities. Some were obviously a bit better than others, and and um, but good bunch of people, and yeah, love training because of that. So the the people perhaps is the thing that kept you moving through as well like once you got over the not got over but the the competition element didn't you know wasn't as you had other elements that came in as well I guess competition plus the social aspect yeah absolutely yeah and the social aspect was a a big part of it like um you you might be training hard but it was you know it was worthwhile because you're sort of doing it with friends and you know at least you'd have a bit of downtime before and afterwards just to chat to them and yeah it's just great catching up with them and you know we're all good mates in that these days so I still see a lot of the gang from that time and even if we don't catch up regularly we you know we'll still bump into each other every now and then and yeah as you say the social side was a big thing and I think just that I think maybe having a group within an individual sport is important like maybe I'll probably miss that by not playing a team sport and doing something individual that made you feel like you're part of a team 
Yeah. So the, the things that people get from team sport probably came into it as well. Yeah, that camaraderie and being able yeah. to, to talk about what's going on in your life and things like that. Absolutely. Um, and a bit of fun too, like makes the, the yeah. light into the training load and that a bit too, if you can have a bit of a, a joke and that before or after and that as well. Yeah. So you went on and became um, a running coach of sorts as well in Launceston. That's my understanding anyway. So how did that happen? How did you, was that part of the transition from being an accountant to being a personal trainer? Is that sort of where that? Was, yeah, sort of involved in that, but as well before that as well too. So yeah, yeah actually started. I've um, been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah. So just before Tony and I got married, and as, I, as I mentioned, we'd been married nearly 23 years. Yeah. And sort of just before that, we had, I think we might've been engaged at the time. We had Tony and, and a couple of other friends that wanted to get fit for uh, Bernie 10. And I mm-hmm. said, well, I'll train you guys for that. And then the group sort of grew a little bit in the following couple of years. My sister Kay came along and some other other friends and friends of friends came along and it sort of, yeah, went from there. So um, so the, the running group in some format's been going probably since about 97. Yeah. And then um, I, I made it into like a business, I think that was about 2008, I think. So that was around the time yeah. that, I did the, you know, the cert for and personal training and sort of made the running group like a, a little business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's kind of, yeah. I, was, I knew that you had um, been doing the running training for quite a long time, but, it, and it seemed to me longer than when you'd said you'd um, done the personal training certificate. So I was <laughs> trying yeah, to put yeah, it all in probably, my head. Yeah, probably about, <laughs> yeah, I probably had the running group going for probably sort of nearly 10 years before yeah. I sort of yeah, made that yeah. change with the, the personal training side and the running group is yeah, turning it into a little business sort of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, when you're running, what are you thinking about? What kind of things do you think about apart from the numbers or is that mostly what you're thinking, like what your body's doing? And No, it's, yeah, it's funny. Um, it's a mix and, and I'll do it, you know, without even thinking about it, but sometimes it can just be a song going through my head. Yeah. And I, I, I probably don't run with music that much. I have at times, but I haven't done for a little while now actually playing music. It'll just mm-hmm. be a song that's stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, I'll be probably more regularly as just thinking about, you know, something to do with the days or weeks events mm-hmm. or things that I've got coming up. And so that sometimes, you know, sometimes without thinking about it too hard, you come up with solutions for things yeah. or, yeah, that, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, other times it'll be maybe, um, depending on the session, if it's a, a time-based session and I'm meant to be running at X yeah. amount of pace, it'll probably be checking the watch every so often and making sure that I'm, um, you know, on track and yeah. in good and forms holding up okay. But yeah, just on a general run, um, yeah, it's a mixture between probably, uh, yeah, occasionally songs or yeah. going through my head along with, yeah, just thinking about um, what I might, might be doing the rest of that day, like on a Sunday, I might think, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a coffee when I finish this run for starters. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I've got, you know, I might do this, this, and this for the rest of the day. So, yeah. so um, when, say you, I mean, we all go through stuff in our lives. When you've had sort of a tough week or, or there's just something going on that's, that's more challenging than normal, do you find that going for a run is a bit of a relief or, do you, or does running just drop by the wayside for you? No, only, only time running sort of gets pushed aside is if I've got clashes with, you know, work commitments or other yeah. commitments and it's going to be too hard to fit in time, but certainly not from, you know, an emotional stress sort of viewpoint. Yeah. That's like one of the best times for me to go running. Yeah, I, I remember um, when my dad passed away, 
yeah. going for a run that night and sort of, you know, I had a bit of a cry when I had a run and that sort yeah. of thing, but it was good to do it. It felt good to be out there and, and yeah, no, it's, I think running is one of the best things. And even if, if, um, yeah, if you've got work stresses and things, I think it does, does help. It's just good to get out the door. Sometimes it might be a little bit harder at some of those times to get yourself out the door, but mm-hmm. you've, once you do it, like it's, it's a reward, I think, and it does, does clear your head and at times it might put things in perspective too if things aren't so bad like you might be stressing about a conversation you had at work or one that you've got to have with someone mm-hmm. um, and it might give you some perspective and go oh, look it's not that bad you know what's what's the worst that can happen sort of mm-hmm. thing but yeah certainly those other emotional times like if you lose a loved one or whatever I think yeah running can okay. at least sort of it might necessarily take your mind off it if that makes sense but yeah. it yeah, but it um, just helps you get through. And sometimes you want to think about those people mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, maybe you, but you might relive something a bit happier in that as well. And I think it's, yeah, part of the process. There's um, something I read the other day about that. And it, the fact that we are running, and it's quite a simple thing that our body can almost do like walking and breathing. We don't actually need to think that much about running unless we want to. So we can just run. Um, but because we are in motion and we're not surrounded by, you know, televisions and screens and work we have to do at home, you know, if you're at home, there's always things you do. If you're not at work, you're not, so you're not, you're just not full of the other pressures of life. Your body's mm. taking over automatically running. And it means your mind can do those things like process challenging things that have happened or whatever. So it, it's much easier for your mind to do that because it doesn't have all these other things coming in. Yeah. It's kind of a, an interesting, they put it much better than I did. Um, but I think that's why we do find it's quite a good stress relief. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, I think sometimes you just kind of get in a zone too. And like, as you said, what do you think about? Like, it's not really a control thing. It's not like, oh, well, I might work this out while I'm doing it. As you say, just let, you, <laughs> let your mind wander. And you tend to shut out some of the peripheral things too. I'm, I was sort of, uh, when I run a, run a course, I don't necessarily notice things around me. I'll say to I'll say to Tina, oh, did you notice such and such a business is going up? She's going, yeah, that's been there for like six months or, <laughs> you know, that's some massive building that's opening next week or something like that. And like I, I've run past it that many times I haven't even noticed because I'm just, you know, focused. focused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit <laughs> like that of- automatic driving you do sometimes when you're driving somewhere where you've been lots of times yeah. and you can't really remember the journey sometimes because like, you're yeah, yeah. in your head. Yeah, I, no, I t- totally get that. And I remember like doing, I did Gold Coast Marathon and, and I remember thinking, like, yes, it's nice, but you don't sort of look around and go, oh, there's some nice surf and there's this building, whatever. You, t- you tend to get in a bit of a zone. You might do a little bit of that, but not much. And yeah. then I think wherever you are, wherever you're running, I could almost be you know, running laps up and down the mall and it probably wouldn't be that much different to running like in some <laughs> scenic place because I probably tend not to look at the scenery anyway. <laughs> you kind of got to draw yourself away, don't you? That's so that's Yeah, yeah. yeah make that effort. Yeah, last yeah, time I did um, Sydney Surf, um, I did that with Tina. I'd had a bit of a knee injury and we sort of, sort of ran and walked mm-hmm. it together and I thought right this time because I'm not running and trying to do a good time or whatever I'm going to have a bit more look around so I had a look at all the the nice houses through the expensive suburbs and the yachts and you know I've managed to remember to look back at the the bridge and all that sort of thing but yeah it's, it's wow. I find it's easy enough for me to forget that and just focus on on the performance or what I'm doing sort of thing and not take in the peripheral things. So when you're doing that because um, I'm not you know a super quick runner like you but that the and I haven't you know I've been running for a long time but not as long as you and there's that um I wonder you know well 
people who are very performance driven, if sort of, so I think that you seem to, like you're quite performance driven and a lot of the things that are going through your mind or, or what you're focusing on while you're running seem to be related to what your body's doing. So do you do, you do things like um, staying in touch with how your body's feeling? You know, I'm trying to word it right. So because people like me probably do spend more time looking at where I'm going like you were just describing, then we do about, oh, my knees are a bit sore or my, oh, my, oh, no, I need to straighten up or my forms are not right or, or you know, just really yeah. being it's, in touch um, with what your body's doing at that moment. That yeah, yeah. To, a certain, to a certain extent, that's probably, yeah, hopefully you, you're you not nursing an injury in that because no. if, you're, if you're thinking about <laughs> that's those, it's normally, that's a, that's a real distraction and it's probably like, yeah, nothing, not a great nothing worse than when you have got a bit of an injury and you're feeling it every step or something like that yeah. and you're thinking you should actually be out here, but no, certainly in terms of staying in touch with your body, I think from a like a cardio side, that I like to sort of do that and go, okay, I'm happy with my pace and I feel like I'm breathing well, like yeah, I'm not correct. overdoing it. Or or sometimes you can go too much the other way and go, oh, look, I was meant to be running at X pace per K. You have a quick look at your watch and you think I'm going a bit slow and you can kind of tell, you kind of feel like, yeah, no, I'm taking a bit easy. I'm going to have to lift it up a bit and, and push myself a bit more, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's a matter of... It's funny how your body can get used to knowing where you need to be though. I think in terms of in terms of performance or times or whatever, like um, going back to that track background, I remember, um, you know, training with Bevan and the group and you, we probably could have nominated what time we'd just done a, a rep in, like we might be doing a 400 metre rep session and I could probably tell you that it was, you know, 60 seconds or whatever it might be. Like you got, you got that close that you could just, and you could probably get it down to even like tenths of a second. So I find now if, if I need to go at a certain rate per K, it's almost like my body kind of locks into that. And maybe that's because I've been doing it for the amount of time I have. Because you so know can, what that feels like. Yeah. So I can run, say, with other people in my group and I can say, like, sometimes they might go, oh, I'm struggling a bit today. And I'll go, no, I think, you know, this pace feels okay. And then I'll, I'll double check it with the watch perhaps when the next K clicks up. But, yeah, I can kind of tell the difference between, you know, four minutes 30 a k and five minutes a k or mm. whatever it might be um just based on effort and you know yeah how the breathing is and how much effort it is on the body and that sort of thing so i've been playing with like in racing being able which is probably the first time in many ways being able not it's hard to explain um i'm not necessarily as fit as i have been like years ago um and so i run a bit slower but it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I know when we go running, we're kind of uncomfortable anyway, kind of a little bit. And then you get more comfortable as you get fitter. And then to push to the next level, you've got to get uncomfortable again. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> and so with the with racing, it's that um, getting to a bit where you think I'm running as fast as I can. And then you go, actually, no, I'm not. And then so it's, it's kind of, um, I'm trying to explain, to do with... Um, the, the pain that you it might feel to run that a little bit faster because you were just saying you might look at your watch and realize you need to run that a little bit faster there's some of us um especially if we're kind of new to running or or just not as experienced we don't know how to accept that pain and, and it's yeah it's a different it's, there's a mindset thing going on because actually pain doesn't it does hurt us but it doesn't like it's not unless it's yeah. an injury it's not going to kill you as a rule yeah, I'm not, very, not explaining it very well, no, but that just pushing not, past that comfortable, being comfortable to that next zone, I suppose, yeah, which is where yeah, your no, improvement happens in growth. Mm. 
Yeah, and particularly as I say, with newer runners and that, I, I often find um, I have to encourage people because they'll kind of go, oh, you know, it was yeah. really hard, I was going slow. But then I'll say, don't worry, the guys that are running three-minute Ks, you know, <laughs> they're, they're still hurting as well. It's just they've probably come to accept it. And, like, yeah. even as you get fitter, and that's a hard part sometimes with people on a fitness journey, you have to go, well, look, you might be running eight minutes a kilometre now. And like in a couple of years' time, you might be running six minutes a kilometre, but you're not suddenly going to feel like, hey, this is really easy. It's just going to be like it's on that scale of where your ability and your um, effort is. And it, it, it sort of doesn't seem to get that much easier, which, which can be a hard one to accept, but you need to let people sort of know that, I think, and kind of go, well, look, you're going to get fitter and you'll feel great mentally knowing, yeah. hey, I used to run it at this time and now I run it at this, but you won't suddenly feel like, oh, this is a doddle, you know, like I'm... Um, and unless you drop back to that easier pace and you yeah. might do that easier pace again, go, oh, look, I used to struggle at seven, eight minutes a K and now I'm doing it easy. But if you're gradually, like you said, aiming to get that bit quicker and knowing what your limits are and trying to get faster, you'll do that and it'll, it'll feel great mentally. Um, mm. But also you'll probably still feel it physically. And in some ways it'll feel physically similar to what it did when you're running slower. Exactly. Exactly. It's like mm. I getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is yeah, 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 that's, that's it, yeah. So and and that's the thing I think with the fast guys, like they might have gone from you know three and a half minutes a k down to three minutes a k, but someone like a Stuart McSwain, he's still putting in in those runs, and I bet you he feels really uncomfortable yeah. when he finishes a race. He doesn't kind of go, oh, well, this I'm running so much quicker than I used to, and it feels like a doddle now. It's just like he's gone to that next level, and it's probably equally as hard or harder. But that's the really rewarding side and yeah. and keeping tabs on where you were and where you've got to is really important. I think the other rewarding side, perhaps, for, especially for people who are starting on this kind of journey or, and getting fitter as opposed to the people at the elite level, is that um, it makes the rest of their life more comfortable. Yeah. As you get fitter, then you, know, you stand straighter, you can do more things, taking the groceries upstairs or whatever don't, doesn't puff you out any longer. You suddenly realise I know all of those kind of little rewards that I get um, during yeah. my life, but not just Abs you know, I'm running. Absolutely. I think you even you know, you sleep better and that as well. So I know if mm. I've ever missed a little bit of training through you know, being held up at work or I might have a slight injury, it's kept me out for a little bit. Um, yeah, I find I don't sleep as well overnight as I do when, as when I'm in training. Yeah. Mm. there's heaps of rewards oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for getting it. uncomfortable uh during your running that then later on when you're in you know just leading your life you're you yeah feel more absolutely and you, feel so, and you feel so much better just mentally afterwards too like if you go for a, a morning run and and you know i've done my training for the day it gives you that bit of energy like you're saying like you feel good physically that way but you also feel good mentally going off ticked off that training session for the day and that was a good start and exactly yeah. It tends to give you a bit of a, a just an energy boost, I think. Have you had very many injuries, Craig? I've been very lucky, actually, um, over the journey. I've had a, had a couple along the way, but nothing mm -hmm. that's kept me out for too long a time. As, as I mentioned earlier, I've pretty much gone continuously through. I remember missing miss one, which was a non-running related injury. I, I um, broke an arm one time and had to miss a season when I was about 14 or something. Oh. And I think I still might have got some runs in, but I missed most of the season. <laughs> And then, yeah, I've had a couple of other things. Most recent one was um, I had a bit of, had a couple of knee issues a couple of years ago, um, but mm -hmm. that's all that's all cleared up now and, and feeling great again. That was um, I probably hadn't been running as hard for a while. And I put a bit extra weight on. I think the extra weight, like the pressure of that, was putting a bit of pressure on the knees. Um, and then, so my running program changed slightly to incorporate a little bit on the exercise bike. 
and I've been doing some gym work as well, which is like strengthening muscles around the knee and that, and they've been great. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that lasted a little while. But in terms of um, you know all the years I've been running out, I have to say so I've been uh, very fortunate that uh, yeah I haven't, haven't, haven't had too many experienced injuries. Yeah. One of the questions I ask a lot of people on the podcast is when did you call yourself a runner? But I don't know that you ever would have not called yourself a runner. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much always associated with it. Yeah, um, almost as far back as I can remember. Like I tried other sports and things as well. Um, but then, yeah, sort of probably certainly by the time I got to high school, um, I had to choose between playing cricket for school and, and running and, and realised that I was, you know, probably more suited to running than cricket. So I made that, made that choice then. Um, so I'd, I'd already chosen sort of by the time I was 12 pretty much, but I'd already been doing little laughs and that for a few years by then. And yeah, even sort of, you know, just running around the, the schoolyard at primary school and that I sort of considered myself a runner and always thought I would probably go in that direction along with playing some other sports as well. I enjoyed 40 in cricket, but um, yeah, comparatively like running always sort of won out if I'd had to choose between them something. If... Um... When you had the injury, how long were you off for? Did you say? Um, oh, the the more recent one with mm. the knee. Um, yeah. it was probably I was still doing some running, but it was just giving me a bit of discomfort. So I was probably close to twelve months, I'd say, nearly. Without so yeah, so that was, your usual. Yeah, so just yeah, just couldn't uh, yeah, couldn't run as hard, and I sort of so the mileage and that got cut back a bit. And yeah, I found if I tried to pick up the pace, it was it was sort of giving me a bit of discomfort. But um, yeah, it's been been really good for probably 12 months since then now sort of got over it and yeah and it's yeah it doesn't give me any issues at all now which is great but yeah it's a bit a little bit frustrating when it happened and so you know I went to see a physio and did some exercise and tried to do the right things but I'm, I must admit I'm not the best one with flying physio exercises if I've had those in the past. You would not a- be the first person who said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah people are like oh you should, do, should follow those you should stretch more yeah. and all that sort of stuff I was like yeah I'm not the greatest at that unfortunately I'll be honest. But um, yeah, no, it's it's all good now. So yeah, I haven't, I have, I've never missed like a huge chunk of time. Like I was yeah. still training through a bit of pain then, and yeah, longer still missed through an injury and not being able to run at all. Only be you know, a matter of a couple of months, probably somewhere. So I guess one of the things we talk about is identity a little bit and how we attach our identity to running. And running is something, although you haven't really found that <laughs> so far, I should say, um, that can be taken away. Like you know, we could some injury could happen that puts us out and where we can't even can't train at all. And whether we should, you know, perhaps attach our identity to, to, you know, someone who's fit or someone who wants, you know, can, who wants to move or enjoys moving and things like that. So that when our identity is removed through no fault of our own, quite perhaps um, that it's not such a devastation, I suppose, that there's ways to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I remember I did, I did miss one um, one sort of like Christmas carnival series, um, like with an injury. And yeah, that I, I found when I was able to get back to it, I was, so, I was really grateful that I hadn't sort of missed too long. Um, but yeah, I really, really missed it when I couldn't do it. So yeah, I think you're right though, as long as you do something to keep your fitness up, you know, yeah. if it's an impact sort of injury, as long as you can walk or you can get on a bike or do something or play another sport, I think that's really important, as you say recognize people for for keeping fit for whatever mm. whatever method they choose and yeah i really admire people that are sort of dedicated their fitness um you know that aren't 
sort of say an elite athlete or whatever that, that for their whole life they've always had a, a regular fitness routine and you know always kept themselves in, in good shape keep moving i guess that um, follows on to another question which is how long do you think you'll run for craig um no signs of stopping at the moment so yeah i'm still enjoying it this stage I'd, I'd like to yeah think i'll keep going as long as i can so yeah no no um no finish line ahead. I sort of my, my, my plan at the moment is to um, at least keep going until until my 10k minutes time is uh, bigger than my age. So wow. So if, I, so if I'm sort of yeah, if I'm still doing under 70 at 70 or something, or yeah, I might keep going a bit longer. <laughs> if That's it goes a great goal. I love yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, try and keep that going for a bit longer, but. Um, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I probably haven't thought about stopping. So yeah, indefinitely at this point. <laughs> I'm not planning to stop, but everybody has. It's funny. Some people actually do have a, a like a line in their mind that they hmm. that they will see that there might be a time in their life where they they won't run. But I'm yeah. like, I don't see that. <laughs> so, no, I guess I guess I've changed like... different um, formats over the years. Like we're talking about running different things. I actually. Yeah. I always decided I was going to retire from track running at 30 and I did, I did that, but then I gave it away for a couple of years and my friends um, kind of talked me into coming back for a bit. So I came back for another couple of seasons and then thought, no, I've, I've had enough of that, but I've still done, even in recent years, I've done some masters on the track and that, and I think that might be something that comes and goes. I might, I might do some more of that, but not as big a focus, but in terms of just, even if it's just getting out and going for a run. And I know I've always said there earlier about being focused on times and things, in times in my life where I have gone through that bit of a flat spot where you're lacking a bit of motivation, I've gone, okay, let's go somewhere scenic and, and run beside a lake or something like that. Yeah. I, I imagine I'll do more of that as I get older and not maybe not worry about time so much. Yeah, like give your brain a, a rest from that. Yeah. It's probably just as good, but you're still moving. So that's the important element, isn't it? That's that it. And, and yeah, by the time I'm retired, I won't have the work stresses and that's sort a of thing to yeah. think about and not the other issues in your life that you're dealing with. Yeah. But I, you know, I won't be thinking about work problems or anything like that. So do you um, ever get, or how often do you get that runner's high, like where you feel just yeah it's a hard one to identify um so every now and then on probably on a longer run i'm more likely to get it on like a, a say a longer sunday morning run and i'll think oh there's a pretty colored bird or you know that's you know that's a nice plant or whatever i think of that i notice nature more when i get it i don't sort of feel like i get like tingles or any sort of buzz or anything like that i don't know whether people do but yeah my sort of endorphin thing is more just being maybe that is when I notice things around me a bit more and go, oh, it's a lovely sunny day. I can feel the heat on the, on my back and, you know, and I'm looking at something nice in nature. So that's probably when I do um, notice it and feel like that's sort of the endorphins. And I guess the other time is, um, you know, if you, if you have a particularly good run, sometimes I get it after the run and go, well, yeah. that felt great. And you pull up and you're feeling really good. Yeah. But not so much. Yeah. It's rare that I'm sort of out on a run thinking, you know the endorphins have kicked in but <laughs> but uh, yeah i do sort of tend yeah i do have runs at times where i might run like um the northeast river trail or something and you mm -hmm. see some you know see some little colored birds and whatever and you kind of think oh yeah nature's pretty cool through this area and i yeah. reckon that's probably yeah a touch of it i think the the runner's high or the endorphins yeah just taking it all in the environment that you're in while you're moving yeah. through it and part of it because you're kind of part of the environment when we're out there moving through yeah. it yeah, which is, that's awesome. Okay, um, tell me, 
this is a hard question for me to frame for you because there's not really a pre-running time but um, how do you think running has improved your life so I guess it kind of calls for you to imagine if you had a life without running what would it be in comparison so how I think running really gives me a focus um, and I think that's applied to other parts of my life as well Um, I tend to like to have a goal with running so I'll always pick out some event coming up ahead I'll never sort of go too long without going okay I'm going to run the Launceston 10 or the Bernie 10 or whatever it may be um, give myself a focus and I think that helps with other elements of your life sort of staying focused as well but it also I think it's given me more energy as well Um, yeah I think if you're feeling fit and energetic it's a lot easier to sort of you know, do things around the house. Um, yeah. and I think, I think it, um, it really helps you, your brain in terms of doing things for work and that as well. I think just keeping, you know, letting your mind tick over on those runs is good for problem solving at times, like you might solve a problem that you've got at work. And even if you don't, I think the fact that you're fit um, helps you, um, you know, work your way through and find solutions at work. And also keeping your fitness up, obviously, stops you from getting ill as often as well too and and slowing you know slowing down that won't having to deal with you know illnesses and things if you if you're keeping fit or and then if you if you are fit and say you do get a minor injury you tend to recover quickly as well mm. so yeah i found that um yeah being i guess focused on running's always kept me at a, a pretty good fitness level so you know i rarely sort of miss days off work and that's something i tend not to get run down and get illnesses and, and that i mean sometimes that's luck and you might just come in contact with yeah. germs or something like that but i think i think being fit helps you fight those things as well you probably that probably mightn't affect you as severely as they might otherwise if you're unfit yeah totally um because there's lots of studies now that show just how much being um fit improves our minds so you're talking about focus and even studies relating to running where somebody who needed to focus for say an exam or mm. some uh, complex thing they needed to do um, if they went for a run just before it opened up all these pathways in the neural networks in their brain and they were able to focus for longer and do um, better in compared to what they had uh, previously when they hadn't had the run before so it's like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so no that's great yeah i've actually read a little bit on that as well too on the on the effects on the brain and that yeah and you're, you're right I, I used to find when i was studying at uni that going for a run was like a, a really good way to sort of clear the mind and come back and yeah to then tackle the study again or if it was an assignment come back and tackle an assignment because you might get stuck on a mm. on part of the the assignment like a question you'd go for a run and come back and you'd probably mold over things in your head and you'd come back with an answer yeah, that's true. Yeah, but certainly with the pathways and that you're saying, I think that's pretty amazing how you create new neural pathways just by keeping fit and sort of a little short doco on that one time where they got there's a um, school in America that got students to do exercise before class and they they wanted to test where they were in the world in terms of, I think it was maths and science and, and how they ranked and their rankings went right up once they, I think they were doing like 45 minutes on a treadmill or something or doing some sort of exercise before class and mm-hmm. it really improved the brain. Yep, I have. Um, I've read a book which included some examples from that school, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think. Um, yes, there's a lot more to come. It's amazing what we don't know, actually. So they've only learned a lot of that in the last ten to fifteen years. So yeah, think, 
we've had the same brain for like <laughs> hundreds and thousands of years. So, yeah. um, but we're only really learning how it actually works now. You know, when we, you and I came out of school, uh, we were told, given a, an IQ test and there's your IQ stamp, but actually your IQ can change and yeah. is changing. And things like uh, exercise can be one of the things that will improve your IQ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it gives you that opportunity, as you're saying, to grow more neural pathways yeah. and you know, maybe expand expand the brain's you know, ability to learn new things. Yeah, which is kind of exciting, especially because <laughs> you're sitting there in a school. Um, so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, and especially when people first start running, it's that motivation to keep going. Like in the beginning of us, like even if you have a goal, Bernie 10, okay? Okay, now I've got a plan. Okay, I can get out the door and I'm really excited. And then a, a month or so goes past or even less. Oh, it's raining. Ah, oh, I don't want to go today. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, whatever it is in your conversations you're having with yourself, it's really hard to get out the door. Have you got any tips to help people get out the door? How do you manage? Because after all these years, you obviously don't struggle with that as much as some. Yeah, I think, I think um, as you say, it is sometimes hard to get out the door once, once you go, you're right. So mm -hmm. I think um, there are probably a couple of things there. If you've, It's good if, you, if you've got a group or you've got a friend that you can go with that will mm -hmm. sort of keep you accountable um, because you have to be fairly strong, you know, um, strong-willed otherwise and, and self-determined that you're going to, to go otherwise. And some people are good at that and will, will get themselves out. But I'd say on those occasions where it's a bit wet or whatever, you know, if, if it is bad enough not to go for a run, do, you know, see if you can hop on a treadmill or do an exercise, like do some sort of exercise, um, but sort of question, you know, how, how bad is the weather? Is it really going to affect me? Because yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't like getting out in it, but... If you're at, once you once you start in the rain, it's not too bad. Once you're going, as long as you quickly get access mm -hmm. to get back and you know have a shower and, and put some dry, warm clothes on afterwards, it's actually quite a nice experience in a way. But it's learning that, I guess, and sometimes you might have to force force yourself out there to do it. But I'd say probably having gear ready to go would be a good way of doing it. So if you knew, like, if the forecast wasn't great when you went to work that morning, you know, have have your gear where you're going to see it as soon as you get in the door when you get yeah. home. So you're not going to go, okay, I'm going to sit in front of the heater and watch the TV. I'm going to, I can see my clothes sitting on the bed. You kind of almost get that little internal guilt thinking, yeah, I really should go. <laughs> so, so that's, a, that's a bit of a tip. I think having mm -hmm. the gear there already will encourage you to go out and then, you know, hopefully if you can be mentally strong enough to go, okay, I'm going to put my foot out the door and, and maybe just go, look, the weather's not great. I was going to go for 30 minutes. I don't know that I want to be out in 30 minutes. Let's, try for 10 and we'll, you know, if I still feel like going after 10, I will, but I might, might call it quits after 10 minutes and it's better to do something than nothing. I think yeah, even that's true. Even if you only do part of a session, it's always better than not doing anything at all. Than zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they're really good. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you about was parkrun. Yeah. Tell me. How did you get involved in Parkrun, Craig? Yeah, so that, that all came along. Um, I was actually involved at the time with the Run for Your Heart that uh, mm -hmm. Clifford Craig have each year yeah. in October. So I was on a committee for that and um, I'd been to, a midi, been to a meeting for that. And um, Rob Gillard mentioned to me, he said, have you heard of Parkrun? And I said, I've heard the name because Kathy Lawrence, I trained her at the gym in my personal training days. She'd mentioned it because she um, knew about it being English and she'd been the one in England and, and when she told me, I thought, oh, it kind of sounds interesting, but I thought, I don't know about running the same 5K course every week. I couldn't, you know, from an initial uh, yeah, mention of it, I wasn't yeah. quite sure what the appeal was. 
And Rob mentioned it to me and, and I thought, well, I'll have a look at it because he said they're looking, he said it looks like it's all going ahead in Launceston and they're looking for someone to run it. So I went home and um, checked out the website and I thought it actually does sound quite interesting and I'd seen that it had grown in England that's starting to expand in Australia and that as well. Um, and then I've got in touch with Tim Oberg, who was like the general manager for Park Run in Australia and yeah, talked through it and I thought, yeah, it sounds like a good experience. And I, I, I just thought it would be a good challenge for me. And, you know, like I said, I've been involved with Run For Your Heart and been a couple other fun runs. And that sort of seemed like the next sort of logical extension mm-hmm. for something for me to do, um, to, to be involved with running. And yeah, it all, all went pretty smoothly. Uh, as I've said to a couple of people, I was, I was pretty lucky in that it was sort of advanced um, by the time I got involved in, I didn't have to worry about trying to convince the the council or yeah. anything like that. Whereas I think that's sometimes a bit of a battle at some of the places that want to start up a new one. The Launceston City Council was already on board. and uh, But there, yeah, the, the fun part was sort of coming up with a course and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what location we're going to have because they had certain um, criteria. Things that they want, yeah, certain criteria they wanted you to meet. And yeah, I sort of thought where it would work in Launceston. I had to think about where there wasn't too much like other, you know, foot traffic and, and bike crossing paths with bikes and that sort of thing. And yeah, um, yeah, went to Inverest there one day, um, had the GPS watch and kind of thought, oh, this course might work. Ran around it and got almost exactly 5K first go. And I thought, oh, this could be perfect. And yeah, so yeah, went, went from there. That's awesome. And then of course, for those, because this podcast goes around the world. <laughs> how long ago was that? And how successful has the Launceston Park Run become? Yeah, um, it's gone really well and like, yeah, successful sort of beyond my dreams, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that was back in 2012. Yeah. Um, Tina and I actually went to watch the London Olympics. Um, and so it was just before that that I'd been asked about um, Park Run. And then Tina and I went to the Olympics and then I rang Tim Oberg when I came back from London. And I think, you know, I was having been Olympics, I was in a bit of a buzz about sport. And I, and I, and I think at that stage, because that was just before I started at St. Pat's as well. I wasn't actually in sports admin and I thought, oh, that might be an area that I'd like to get into. And I thought Park Run would be like a good sports admin thing. So, yeah, so as we mentioned earlier on about me being a bit fascinated with numbers, um, I was given a choice of dates when it could start and I, I opted for 10, 11, 12. <laughs> and, we, and we run at nine o'clock in the morning here, which is a bit later than some other places yeah, so I went nine. So yeah, so we started at nine and started at nine on 10, 11, 12. I did not know that. And I was there. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so nice, nice easy one to remember if anyone ever wants to know the anniversary date. Yeah, 10th of November, 2012. At nine. So, yeah, and since then, and so the first one, I think we had 92. I think that's right. Um, and I, you know, I thought, oh, we'll be lucky to get sort of much over 100. And mm. I remember um, Chris Rainier, who spends sort of half the year in, in Tassie and half the year in the UK. He, okay. he ran a Bradford Park run in the UK. And and um, Linda, who's the, the event director there, she was going, oh, yeah, you, a couple of years' time, you'll have 300 or 400 each week. I'm like, no, nah, not, not with Launceston's population. I thought we won't get near that. I don't think I thought a big run to me was like a local run that had like 100 or so in it. Um, yeah, and, it and it sort of took off and we sort of, yeah, we we – had one week where it rained early on. We only had a few turn up, few hardy souls turn up that week. I think it was about 30 odd or something around that wow. week. I could check that in the history. And then, um, yeah, it gradually grew. But I remember the um, the biggest group that we'd had sat at about 156, I think it was, for quite a while. But I was, I was stoked with that when we got over mm. 150. But then, 
you know, we've we've had some that have gone up over 400 now. On a couple, I think we've had a few occasions over 400, and over the warmer months, sort of spring and summer, we're quite often around you know 300 or so, which That's is great. Amazing. And then yeah, and then others sort of took off in Tassie as well, which was great too. I thought um, for those that don't know, the sort of three major population centres in Tasmania. So the others are in the south, which is Hobart and the northwest coast, which is sort of Devonport's the the biggest city there, and Devonport and Burnie and um, I thought oh, I reckon they'll get one in Hobart they'll get one in Devonport and we'll have three but now there's I've lost track now I think it's about 17 or something we got three just inside Launceston yeah, but three in Launceston so yeah and we figured right one of the reasons for starting the second one in Launceston was because we thought oh 300 is getting quite big for Launceston yeah. if we start the one start the second one we might get 150 at each but we're still getting 300 at the first one and getting a hundred or so at the other one. And then we started up a third one that's getting people as well. So yeah, and I, I never would have foreseen that happening, you know, in the start of park run. So it's been amazing to sort of reflect on. So it's only been what, nine years, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it's been amazing. And I think what it's done for park run in, in general, I guess across the world or in the countries that it, it's in, but obviously here we've been able to see with our own eyes just what it's done to lift the level of um, participation in um, in sport yeah. and in getting people moving, really, just the health uh, factors around that, I think are, it's a great yeah. benefit for the community. Yeah, I love, I love what people get out of it because obviously I came at it from a different perspective, being the person that was sort of running it to start with rather mm. than being a, an active participant. I think it took me a few months before I actually ran the first one, but um, the people that are involved, like, actually taking part you know i know there's friendships and that that have started from from parkrun or friends that have encouraged other friends to come along and it's just great to see everyone chatting before and afterwards and yeah and it's a big part of people's lives now like when we lost it for a few months there due to covid i think a few people sort of got a bit lost not having that of a saturday morning because it's such a, a big part of their week that they kick off uh, saturday morning with parkrun and then you know they might go and have a a coffee or breakfast with their friends or even if they don't they at least have a chat with their friends before starting their weekend and yeah, it's been terrific well it's amazing um it does make there's a question i wanted to ask earlier um when you're running personally are you running more by yourself or with others or just a mix uh, yeah, I'll do a mix. So I've actually, um, I get a program done for me by a friend, Jared Voss, and Jared um, lives in Melbourne now. He used to run locally here too. So some people yeah. listening might know Jared as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Jared writes a program that he sends to me in sort of two weekly lots and I'll, I'll sort of pick out an event. So he'll help tailor it towards that event. Um, so I'd like to run such and such in three months time and he'll sort of send me two weeks at a time. And then the last couple of weeks will be like a taper for whatever event I'm going for. Um, so I do his training there and that's three running sessions and one bike session a week. Yeah. So that was where I sort of went from when the knee had been a bit sore, it was four running sessions. And so I've swapped one of those out for a, you know, reasonably solid exercise bike session. When I say bike exercise, I'm talking exercise bike. Yeah. Um, and also um, Callan Richardson, who's a, a trainer here in Launceston, um, I met him actually at, at um, Jared's Bucks night and, and spoke to him at Jared's wedding and that. And then when I was feeling a bit like I was feeling a bit unfit at the start of the last year um, and I'd had those knee issues, um, Jared sort of suggested I get in touch with Callan. He'd be able to write up a, a program for me for like leg strength and, strength, and that. Yeah. So, um, so I've been doing that as well. So I do my own training 
So I'll do a couple of gym sessions a week, the three runs and a bike ride, but then I've got the running group um, and I'll meet with them on Tuesday nights. Um, so sometimes the running group session will count as one of my individual sessions as well, if yep. that makes sense. So mm -hmm. that might be one of them might tie in nicely with something that Jared's given me to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll count that, but sometimes it's an additional session. And sometimes with the running group, I'd get, just go into coach mode as well if they're doing um, like four lots of one kilometre around a particular circuit. I might just be there encouraging and mm -hmm. timing and that sort of thing rather than running it myself if it doesn't sort of fit in with my program and then yeah. running group goes for a long run of a Sunday. Um, and I always tie that in with what Jared's given me. So that is, that is always sort of one of the sessions. So they might go slightly less like the, what I've given them might take them a bit over an hour to do. And Jared might've given me say an hour and a half. So I'll, I'll probably start a bit earlier and maybe finish a few minutes after the group, but it's nice if I can finish with the group yeah. at the same time, but sometimes I'll leave them there while they have a bit of a chat and I'll go, right, I've still got to fill in <laughs> 10 minutes. So they'll, they'll have a chat and put their jackets on and stand around and, and talk for a while because they tend to do that anyway. <laughs> and I'll finish my, my extra few minutes while they're waiting. Sort of thing. So you have, so the, when you're training with people, it tends to be, it's not like just going for a run with a friend or a couple of friends, you, you're training uh, in your group, the running group. Yeah. yeah. So the, so the long run, long run sort of depends who's there. Like, um, cause there's obviously with a, with a group of people, there's differing ability levels. And, and so sometimes I might push on with someone at the front if I'm after a bit of a, you know, slightly quicker day, but if I just want to go for a, a bit easier one, I might drop back a little bit through the group and that sort of thing, but they tend to, the group tends to break into little mini groups. So there'll yeah. be, there's always like they break into couples or, or triples or whatever within the group that sort of run to run together that they'll pick someone around their ability level. And I tend to like to pick courses that are like somewhere where we, we'll see people like an out and back. So I can kind of encourage yeah. people, you know, the faster ones coming back, we'll still see the others going out and can give them a bit of a wave and encourage them on and that sort of thing. And then the Tuesday night sessions that we do, um, that's very much within the group. Like I'll, I'll stick within the group if, if they're running together, like uh, as an example, this week we did 10 lots of one minute solid with a minute recovery. So I'll sort of run in the middle of the group. So when I yell out stop after one minute, everyone, <laughs> if they're at the front of the group or the back of the group, they can hear me yell out stop. And uh, yeah, as I said, other sessions, if they're doing like um, repetitions, I might just be standing somewhere as the coach and, and um, yeah, giving instructions or yeah. whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so Tuesday night one sort of keeps together pretty well, but sometimes the Sunday one spreads out because it's too hard to keep people yeah. together over sort of uh, the know, different 10 to 15 mm. Yeah. Um, so you do do a lot of stuff by yourself. Yeah. So yeah. So I still enjoy those. Yeah. Do at least a couple of sessions plus the bike on my own each week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, just because I like that, you know, the mixing up. That's what I do a lot of mix. I don't, I do a couple by myself and a couple with mm. each week as well. So it's quite interesting. But other people I know who they only ever run with other people or they only ever run by themselves. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the mix of the two and you get different mm. things from each session. So yeah, the ones that, the ones that I do on my own have probably got like a set um, time goal. Like it'll mm. be, you know, Jared will have set something for me yeah. where I have to do 10 minutes of easy and then like a solid block in the middle and then 10 minutes are easy to finish and that sort of thing and so oh, i think that some of those would be a bit hard to do with the group mm. um yeah because everyone would spread out and you wouldn't and yeah, everyone would time together. themselves so it wouldn't really be like yeah it wouldn't be that conducive to a group mm. exercise yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense so tell me craig 
What tips do you have for somebody who wants to start running or if they've had a long time not running from injury or life or whatever? What kind of tips yeah. do you have? I think um, start on the easier side of things and work your way into it would be the, the best advice I could give. I think some people, if they've had a break, might or, or haven't done it before, they might overestimate what they're, yeah. what they're doing or, or might get disheartened by the fact that they can't do what they used to do or they didn't get as far as they thought they were going to. So I, I think just start easy um, and don't put too much pressure on yourself. So time-based is what I always do with people that yeah. are starting out rather than any distance. Don't worry about what distance you cover. Go, okay, I'm going to do 15 minutes a day. Maybe talk to someone, like talk to a coach or talk to a friend that's got some experience. doesn't necessarily have to be a coach, but if they've got a friend that's done a bit of running mm-hmm. um, and just get some ideas maybe. But I think the important thing is to, to start small, build your way up and start based on time. Go, okay, I'm going to do, say, 20 minutes today um, and I'm going to have walk breaks when I need them. Or you might go. I'm going to go for going to go run away from the house for ten minutes and see if I can see if I can come back do more distance in the second ten minutes and that sort of thing. So that's a I good, think that's, that's good. One. I like that. Yeah, I think they're more important than sort of going. Well, I'm going to do the, this amount of reps, or I'm going to run five k. Like, don't worry too much about distance. Mm-hmm. Start with work on time. And even you know, I even did that a bit. Jared had my programs done that when I'd had that bit of a knee issue. Mm-hmm. I had some there for a while where it was just time based, and it wasn't you know he'd just put something like you know do one hour over an undulating surface, you know. So yeah. I'd I'd do that and not worry about how far I got in the time. It was just the fact that you know I'd turn around after half an hour and and run back sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's I think for beginners, I think that's the best way I can start is like start with doesn't have to be a long time. 10, 15 minutes is a good start. I think, um, and then build your way up from there and always stick by the rule, which you, you tend to hear a bit as, as a runner and you, you'd be familiar with this one as well, is don't increase your long run by more than 10%, 10% in one go. That is so hard. Yeah, and don't increase your, don't increase your total mileage by 10%, you know, in, in yeah. um, the one week either. So I think that's a good rule of thumb. And I think that tends to, you know, it tends to avoid injuries and it, and just build you up gradually. That's what it's. I think it's one of the harder rules for people who uh, who have personalities like mine who get very enthusiastic to start with. You know, yes. just just want to go, go, go because it's like the start of a, of a thing, and they're excited about it. And so, yeah, it's like, what do you mean yeah. I can only go like one kilometer and ten meters? <laughs> whatever it is it's yeah like yeah that is, and it's it's hard as you say like um it's hard having a rule that caters for everyone because you'll have people like yourself that like that and but also find a lot of people are the other way and don't believe they can do things as well and so on like they need that encouragement to go yeah you can just you know work your way up and don't don't worry that you ran for five minutes instead of 10 minutes to start with before yeah. you need to have a walk break just you know have that walk break when you need it go again yeah yeah yeah. yeah, just yeah, don't don't be too hard on yourself to start with. Just you know, trust in trust in the process, I guess, trust, and trust yeah, trust in the process what? and and build, build things up as you go. That's great and, tips. And, and and yeah, mentally give yourself a yeah you know, a tick if you've done something good. You know, like yeah, be proud of the fact that you have. I went for I went um you know ran for a longer time than last week and I pulled up feeling better because it will it'll kick in fairly quickly. I don't think it takes too long. It only you know after a few weeks you'll start to see the the difference and then that's hopefully enough motivation then to keep people going. And then you get to the stage with I'm guessing you'd be the same as me. You feel guilty when you don't go. 
I feel guilty when I go, yes, that's a big part of the identity stuff. That's why I talk about it because <laughs> I feel quite yeah. guilty if I can't go. And then I get grumpy if I can't go for more than, <laughs> if I miss two, two, you know, training sessions that I make, it's like, Ugh, yeah, get away yeah. from me. <laughs> It's funny that, yeah, I think a lot of people can't believe that when they're first sort of starting out that I'm actually going to feel bad by not going because <laughs> exactly. everyone's kind of like thinking, oh, it's going to be too hard to go regularly, but you get that point where you're used to going regularly and then when you have to skip one for whatever reason, you're just kind of like, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yeah I think it's like brushing your teeth. It's like the idea of going to bed without brushing my teeth, like even if I'm really, really tired, I will brush my teeth because <laughs> I, I just hate that. You know, I, I assume most of us are like that. And that's how I think, that's how I find running is a bit like that for me. Yeah, and as, as you said, with the identity side of things too, and, and probably just tying in with brushing your teeth, uh, become, I think running can become like that where you do it without thinking it as it's part of your habit. life. You don't sort of reflect on it. It's just yeah, something you do. And I think mm. having a goal, like if you are training for a run or whatever, um, having that as a goal, it's just something, okay, I'll do this X amount of times per week on these days or whatever. I think it just becomes part of your daily life. I kind of, you know, I'll probably wake up in the morning knowing that I've got to do a certain run or go to the gym that night, just the same as I know I'm going to have breakfast and brush my teeth and go exactly. to work. And yep. yeah. yeah, exactly. The only thing that gets in the way then is when you have holidays. Yes. <laughs> changes. It's like, what? Okay, this is what I used to do on Tuesdays and uh, now I'm not at home. And I'm. It's... Yeah, yeah. All, those, all those can be hard, particularly if you go away somewhere and you're yeah. um, tending to dine out more and that sort of thing. It, just, it makes it quite, I always found it's quite interesting. Um, we always go away or we often go at Christmas time and, and just like most people. Um, and those runs that I do between sort of just before Christmas, we just got to wherever we're holidaying and and then uh, just up to New Year's, they always feel really hard. <laughs> like, yes. I'm, even if I'm really fit, right, leading up to it, I've done a couple of marathons during the year or whatever, and I've not not run at all. Like everything's been, but those just that week or so, I think because we're having late nights and we're probably drinking alcohol more than we would and, and eating more food or something. But they're just, they're just like, I'm not even feel fit. Like I've just spent a year of, you know, good running and, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, no, I've, I've often found a, a, a boxing day run or something. It's yeah. like one, of the, one of the worst things, just feel sludgy and slow. And I feel and good when like, I finish, but it's just. Yeah, and you know that you haven't, yeah, as you say, you haven't missed that much and you'll get back into it. But yeah, that yeah, that week um, between then and sort of the new year, sometimes they can, they can be hard at times. <laughs> They're the hardest runs of the year, actually. I hadn't yeah, thought of yeah. it. I hadn't verbalised it, except when I'm running it and if Simon's running with me, I'm like, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's this hard. I don't understand. Well, it's not just you. I can guarantee you. No, I'm definitely the same. And I'm sure probably other people are as well. <laughs> I feel better already. All right. Is there anything today? You've already given us so much of your time, Craig, which I really appreciate. Is there anything do you think we haven't covered that you'd like to share about running to inspire people to, to grab a pair of shoes and get out the door? Yeah, um, probably, um, as I say, we probably covered a lot of it, but I guess, um, yeah, I'd like to say to people, believe in yourself that you can do it if you haven't done it previously. Um, yeah, head out and give it a go because work on a, a short amount of time. Um, be, be kind to yourself in a way and go, look, I'm, I'm going to try for this time. If I don't hit it, that's that doesn't matter so much, but make sure it is just a, a smallish chunk to start with. It might be 10, might be 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. As, as you do that, do, do, you know, maybe three or four of those as you find, oh, 15 minutes is pretty easy now. I'll gradually increase it. And then, yeah, just along the journey, just always, I guess, be good to yourself and kind of go, look, I'm, 
I realised this is where I started and I've now got to this point and go, you know, that's an achievement. Um, tick it off. And I think once you get into it and it becomes a habit, you'll then, you know, you'll naturally keep going. Once you, once you get a, a month or so into running, I think you'll then find, yeah, you know, it can become part of your identity and, and yeah. um, you know, get out there and go to park run or something like that or, you know, Launceston Running Club and make some new friends. And that's a big part as well. The social thing's massive, to be honest. And that's, I think that's as good for your mental health as much as the running is good for your mental health. I think the, the chatting to like-minded people or, yeah. you know, even, even people that aren't quite the same as you, you might get different perspectives on life from talking to people that are in different walks of life to you and that as well. And I think park runs great for that. And also running groups are good because they bring, bring together groups. And then probably one last thing I'd say for people that have been running for a while um, or are experienced runners, I'd say, if you can give back something at, at some point that it's great too, because you don't realize until you do something like coaching or volunteering at park run, um, what a reward that is as well too. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's good for the community. It's good, but it's good for you as a person. And it's kind of nice for you to be making your mark on society, I guess, by mm. being someone that gives back and, and helping out. So, you know, if it, if you've got a run coming up, like, um, you know, you've trained, you've trained for a big run and, you don't want to train on a particular day. Let's say you've got a big run on a Sunday. There's a park run on a Saturday and you're not running on the Saturday. You know, volunteer that week and, and go along and encourage other people that are sort of, you know, going, might be going the same journey as you. They might have started and, and um, are now improving their running or, they, or they're just getting into it. Going along and being a volunteer and helping out is great. And then as you get um, more experience and you feel like you've got something you can give back, have a chat to new runners and go, well, I started where you were. I learned this along the journey mm. and pass that on and, you know, be giving something back, I think is really rewarding for you and for them. Really making a difference in people's lives, whether you, yeah, absolutely. you may yeah. not necessarily feel it at that moment necessarily, but if you were to examine it, realize that actually it is like a, a big difference in people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's, that's, um, yeah, it's great for them and it's, it's rewarding for you and things like park run, um, have made a huge difference in people's lives and, you know, and people running with, with groups, you know, like the, the, a big group, like the running buddies or a, a bit smaller group like ours, you know, like that's a, becomes a, a good part of your life and it's something you can look forward to and go, you know, that sort of might motivate you to get out of bed on Sunday morning, go for a run and go, well, I'm going to go and meet my mates there and have a run yeah. with them. And we'll have a coffee afterwards and, and you're getting that fitness side, but you're getting that social side of things as well. Which is really important for us humans, that Absolutely. social side. Sometimes that is the thing that gets you moving, I think too. Like you may yeah. not do it for yourself one day, but when you'll go out because somebody else is expecting you there, you know, That's on it. your and, Sunday and, runs or whatever. Yeah, and I think people worry too much about their ability level. And if you go along to a group, I can almost guarantee you there'll be someone there that's going to be of a similar level to you that you can run along with and encourage each other and that sort of thing. And the, the bigger the group, the more likely that is to happen, I suppose. So like park run, um, you can run at whatever speed or you can walk it. So, and there's always a tail walker at park run. So you're never the last one over the line. So wherever your fitness is, just you know, get out there and, and get started, I think. And particularly... Um, it can be harder over the winter months, um, like summer and spring, and that obviously a lot easier to get outdoors. But mm. I make that effort and go right. Yeah, I'm going to put on some gear, um, get myself out the door, and get started. And once you get started, hopefully the momentum builds and you just keep going from there. Mm. And you have a life of running, and your identity can be as a runner. <laughs> absolutely, 
Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot a, of people start later in life and, you know, keep going and enjoy yeah. it. In fact, there's, um, for those people who are worried about starting later, I interviewed a lady the other day from Queensland and she's 77. She started in her late 40s, I think. And she's not that it means anything. She's still running. She's had two hip operations, but she's um, getting first in her age group for lots of things. Yeah. It's just, uh, and I, so there is some theory around, um, forget that I said she had hip operations. Uh, you know, if you start later, then your knees and things have probably got a lot longer in them than those people like Craig, who started really early, <laughs> whose yeah. knees have been um, cracking away for many, many, many years. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, all that running though, I think does like strengthen things yeah. as well. <laughs> no, I did have a bit of good. nerves on us, but I think, yeah, in, in general terms, they've, they've been pretty good over years and, I and that's, I don't think going to be something that's going to give me problems sort of into the future as I get older, hopefully. So I yeah. reckon you have the, um, the uh, biomechanics, you were born uh, <laughs> to run. So <laughs> we're actually all born to run, but I, I reckon, yeah. And yeah. You, don't, you don't travel really like long, long distances. So you're probably not wearing them out as much. And other no. people, they can travel long distances their entire yeah. lives and it doesn't affect them. So I think no. maybe. And everyone's built, everyone's built differently. I find I, yeah. I can do longish runs and I've, and I've done three marathons, but I've I yeah. cramping issues and mm -hmm. there's no way. I, I don't, I've got no idea how people run 100Ks. I would be, <laughs> be a cramping mess <laughs> curled up on the ground somewhere. Just beyond like marathon distance, I reckon if I ever tried my that, husband's like that, he's not very yeah, good. He gets cramps all the time. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's funny that isn't it? And and there's different theories around why that happens too. I read something a while ago where they said that it's basically um, just a reaction, like you. I'm trying to think of the right wording now, but basically, some people are more susceptible to it than others because yeah. a lot of people say it's salt and it's not you're not hydrated yeah. enough and whatever. But I think it's like the receptors in your muscles or something. Some people are just. <gasps> more just, prone to cramping than others i think there's a study that yeah was called, yeah that was well in that would make sense because because yeah it doesn't it's not it's indiscriminate like you see yeah. people who were who have been running forever like you and simon was an athlete when he was younger and yeah, anyway he's he always has suffered from cramps whether he was when he was younger or, and now as well so yeah yeah so yeah I, I think people that can run like 100k trail runs and that like yeah absolutely that is absolutely amazing <laughs> i can't even contemplate thing. doing that yeah I'll, I'll stick to you know probably up, up to a half will probably do me at the at the most these days i reckon probably not even that far too often and yeah, but you're maybe, enjoying it and it's making you um it's uh adding to your life yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I particularly enjoy those um, the the Sunday runs, which are somewhere between an hour and hour and a half. Yeah, it's a it's a really good um, you know really good Sunday morning thing doing it with yeah. the group. And yeah, no, love it. It won't be stopping anytime soon. Do you ever sleep in just out of a <laughs> no really, curiosity? Um, uh, well, it's funny. I used to more so years ago, but the uh, the two golden retrievers don't let us sleep of in course. there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're up, up pretty early most days. So yeah, yeah. So you may as well be going for a run. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be jumping at the back door, at sort of you know six thirty, maybe seven o'clock at the latest. So we're um, seven o'clock's about as late as we get to sleep yeah. in. That gets you out the door. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And running group on Sundays at eight, so that works well. So yeah, that's that's good. Excellent. No. Thank you, Craig. I really do appreciate your time, like I said, um, and your wisdom is amazing. And obviously, you know, being having run forever and also being a running coach, um, the things that you have shared with us have been very useful for many people who are looking at starting or 
or to get running if they've um, been laid off for a while. So thank you for sharing all that wisdom. Yeah, thanks, Michelle, and, and good on you for doing the podcast too. I think it's um, a good thing to be doing and yeah, anything that encourages people to get fit um, and healthy uh, yeah, physically and mentally, I think it's a great thing. So good on you for, for having this podcast and thanks for having me on. It's been been great, been good having a chat to you. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll have to have you back again in the future because I know you have lots more running wisdom to share. So um, <laughs> just stay on um, and I'll have a chat with you and just hop off after the recording. But Uh, Again, thank you. We have enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. For a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit, head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co. And I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye. Bye.